human beings that do a lot of good in the world have a magnetic force about them. They bring people and resources uh, into their life, into their orbit. Um, one such person is Jimmy Rex. I'm super excited for this podcast because I got to interview Jimmy. He was gracious with his time to allow me to spend uh, a little while with him, just asking him question after question. You're going to get a sense for uh, this good man. Jimmy, a little bit about his background if you don't follow him. And, if, and by the way, if you don't follow him, you're welcome in advance because you're going to love uh, following along with this guy's content and everything that he's producing. But he's one of the top real estate agents in the country and in the world, surely. Um, and his real estate career has propelled him to um, so many other things that he's now involved in. He is um, an investor. He is a philanthropist. He's heavily involved with the Underground Railroad. And uh, he has an amazing podcast that's been listened to millions and millions of times as he's interviewed uh, just phenomenal guests. You, you've got to look up the Jimmy Rex show. Um, the guy's just out there doing it and he's full of love and he talks a lot about broadcasting love to people um, and how that's really been a guiding principle for him in his life and in his success. So I hope you enjoy. I know you will. This is episode number seven. I'm Alex Martinson, and I'm a firm believer that the millennial generation has a great responsibility, even a sacred duty to rise up and lead. The future of the United States and even the world is largely in the hands of the millennials. I believe true leadership begins first with becoming a powerful leader of our own personal life. The purpose of this podcast is to help us work together to do just that. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy. I'm here with Jimmy Rex, the one and only, and uh, super excited to be with you, Jimmy. I've got loads of questions, and uh, you've taken some of your, you know, very valuable time out of your day, out of your week to, to be with me. Dude, it's an honor to be on, man. It's, uh, I appreciate the hustle. I could tell you're taking it serious and you're hustling, and so I'm always happy to help people out that are, you know, doing cool things, man, putting themselves out there and just going yeah. for it. Love it. Yeah, well, thank you. So, and, and the reason I bring up Russell Brunson is because I was inspired by something he, he talks about and uh, he teaches, which is, you know, making lists of people that, that you're inspired by that have, you know, a following of people that, that you feel are like-minded. And so Jimmy Rex is a name on that list. So that's kind of how this came about. I um, love it, man. Well, I'm so. glad that he mentioned that. I got to meet Russell a couple of years ago when I was working with OUR, we got to go and the Russell is the one who funded the documentary about it. And so it was fun. We got to go on the stage and they presented a check for over a million bucks to the, the group that we were working with. So it's pretty amazing. He's an, he's an amazing man. Yeah. I just recently watched that documentary for the first time. I don't know how it kind of escaped me for a little while there. So that's amazing. And, and actually, so I've written a bunch of questions that I'd love to ask you. And, and one of them is about underground railroad. So yeah, rock and roll, man. Okay, so let's dive into it. And, and uh, we were talking just briefly um, before this about, you know, the fact that I feel like you're magnetic. We talked about people because of the way they're being, uh, the things they're doing, but, but you specifically said the frequency that they're operating on, uh, that they pull people and attract people and resources into their life. So the question I have for you is, you know, what are some of those factors at play that would determine someone rising from a frequency of down here to an, an elevated frequency like what's going on there yeah no as somebody uh, one of my mentors uh said something to me one time he said 
givers will get along with other givers and takers will get along with other takers, but givers and takers will never get along with each other if one's a giver and one's a taker. And so he said, if you're a taker, you're going to be surrounded by other takers. And if you're a giver, you'll end up finding those other givers. And it's because we all, like I was kind of saying, like we all have an energy to us and we have a vibration, we have a frequency that we operate on. And you know when you meet somebody that's just operating at a higher frequency. I remember when I met one of my mentors and uh, one of my best friends, I was a guy by the name of Paul Hutchinson. I was in a group of a room of 300 people. I knew nothing about the guy. I just knew he was the guy in that room that I wanted to get to know and wanted to become friends with. And turns out, you know, the guy was, he runs, a, he co-founded a, a real estate fund, a $25 billion fund. He's the one that introduced me to Operation Underground Railroad. He was the first guy that kind of posed as the real estate investor undercover. The guy is an amazing human. And I had no idea any of this when I first met him. And this happens all the time. You meet certain people and you just know, it's like, there's an old joke, like, how do we choose our friends? Like most humans, we just kind of pick who lives next to us or we kind of pick who we grew up with or we went to college with. And it's like, no, I find people that inspire me. I look for those people and I can, like whether it's on TV or on a stage or wherever it might be, and I find ways to be around them. And then as you kind of become, you know, a person that is from that same mentality, that giver standpoint or um, somebody that's just always trying to create value, uh, you start to attract each other and you don't have to pull people to you. You'll attract the right people into your life. And that's kind of the whole thing, what I was explaining before we got started. Wow. Well, yeah, so that's insightful. So yeah, so maybe just the natural way of going about the associations in our lives, like a, a, fa a function of proximity. It's like just who you're, you live by in your city, like you know, who you see at the office. People pick their friends in such weird ways. Like you would never date based on who lived next to you or who happened to be right. in class at school. Like you very intentional about that. I'm just the same way about the people that I, I'm around, my friends. Like if somebody inspires me and I'm like, okay, I want to be around that person. I want to be more like that person. Then I will do whatever I can, create as much value as I can to get around that person. And more often than not, it ends up resulting in a very good friendship and relationship. Wow. Well, okay, so that, that leads me to one of my questions, which is in the last, let's say, three months, Jimmy, who's the most interesting person that you've met in the last three months? In the last three months? Um, I mean, due to the quarantine, you're not meeting as many people right now, but I did meet someone about four or five months ago, um, and I kind of followed him online for a really long time as Prince EA, and oh, he's man. a huge influencer. He's got 25 million followers on Facebook, and I was at an event, and his message of love, like giving, the way he does things, he's not pushing products and peddling his trainings like he is truly creating enough value that people just want to be you know he has a gift man doing. yeah he's very good so i met him uh at a networking event that i was invited to by cody sperber and dan fleischman and i just you know by the end of the event i was so nervous i never get nervous to talk to people but i was like man this is a guy like top two or three people i want to model my life after and so i went up and we ended up becoming close friends he actually ended up buying a rental property off me i i, I talked to him probably twice a week now um, we're doing a podcast as soon as he comes back out to LA. And honestly, he's become a good friend of mine. He's wrote one of the, my book that comes out in mid July, Prince is one of the three people that wrote a forward kind of for the book and some blurbs and stuff. And so I was able to, we were just on the same frequency. He said the same thing. He's like, dude, I can already tell. I love what you're about. I love your mission. I love your energy. And we just connected immediately. But that was a guy that I was like on my very short list of people in the world I want to become friends with. And it happened because I put myself in proximity. And we just were, you know, on that same level. So uh, that's one really good example that's been pretty recent. Love that. 
interesting timing. I, I, I literally just watched a Prince EA is, is whatever he posted today. And I shared it with a couple of people. Nice. You know, he has this thing. He's, he's has this ability to create viral content because it's so heartwarming. Like people look at it and it doesn't matter what, you know, we, we've got such a polarized society right now. And it's like his content's unique because it doesn't matter. You know, we're so opinionated on different things, but it seems like everybody it just feels the goodness of what he shares. And that's why, you know, his reach is. Yeah, that's, that's just who he is too. Like meeting him in person and talking to him, like that's truly who you can't fake that. Like that energy yeah. coming through because that's who he is. Right. So like a lot of people, there's a lot of people that try to produce things online or try to produce these videos, but it's, it's not them. It's not the true energy of what they're putting out there. They have other motives and things. And I think that's ultimately what reaches people is whatever true energy you're putting out. Right. Yeah. I, I, got a picture with him in Nashville. I was at Funnel Hacking Live and, you know, he's on stage and he's, he's incredible on stage and his whole presentation was awesome. It was interesting walking up to him afterward and asking to take a picture with him. I just saw him like kind of walking around, you know, the hotel and, and it was like the most humble, like, Oh yeah. Yeah, man. Like he was like excited that I asked him and I'm thinking, dude, you're like a superstar, man, but you could yeah. just tell that the genuine. So how cool, man. Um, okay. So, you know, I talk about this in your intro, Jimmy, I feel like a lot of people that are going to hear this, they, they know a bit about who you are, but you've been in the real estate game now for, is it over 15 years? Yeah, just over 15 years. Yeah. Um, I mean, dominated in the industry, uh, continue to do that and have gone from, you know, someone that's just doing big deals and a lot of them to being a coach and a mentor and a producer of, you know, content, you, you coach, uh, others to do similar, you know, things that you've done and become the best in their space. So, Maybe someone that's not familiar with, with what you're doing, how would you, you know, explain what is your mission right now? Like, what is your purpose right now? Well, it's interesting. I mean, I've gone through this whole, you know, the last 15 years has really been an exploration of what I am, who I am, what I want to do with this life, essentially my purpose. And, you know, it's always evolving. But a couple of years ago, um, like even growing up, like when I got into real estate, like when you're a little kid, you want to make money, you want to be successful. You don't really know how it's going to happen. You don't know if it's going to happen. And when I got into real estate, I found some great mentors. And within two years in the business, I was one of the top two realtors in my market. I was, you know, one of the two finalists for the salesperson of the year on my entire Salt Lake Board of Realtors. And so I found some amazing mentors. All of a sudden, I had this huge success with sales. And so I kind of, you know, kept doubling down on that. And I went through the recession. And then I went through, I mean, there were so many things that kept popping up. And, and it was a difficult time. But ultimately, you know, I started kind of realizing like, okay, I want to be more than just a realtor. And there was actually a realtor in my market that passed away and he got killed by somebody who was going out to one of his rental properties just to check and probably get some rent. And anyway, and I remember the, every news story that covered it was like realtor dies, realtor gets shot, realtor, realtor. And I was like, man, I'd be really sad if like my life ended in my whole story. I mean, not that that guy, but he had so many of the things I'm sure were about, but like everything was just like talking about being a realtor and not to, Poo being a realtor, but like I just wanted more yeah. than that. I wanted to. I wanted my mission to be bigger than that, and so I started kind of really looking at what I want my message to be, what I want my life to be about. And I love real estate. It's been so good to me. It's my. I mean, it's literally given me a life I never could have dreamed of. Um, and I picked the perfect career for me because my job is to talk to my friends all day long, and it's really helped me to build an awesome network and stuff like that. But I have a bigger mission than just that, and so. Um, I started a few years ago and I came up with at a Tony Robbins date with destiny event. 
um, which is the, you kind of come up with your life purpose. And mine is, you know, the, the purpose of my life is to share my tremendous love with all of God's children, bringing happiness to others through my playful soul and by being an example of living an extraordinary life. And so those that know me like that is exactly where I've been going with everything I do, everything I'm trying to be is for that life's purpose. And so part of that is, you know, well, I wanted to do more coaching and training and speaking. And um, one of the things I did last year is I came out with a book that I basically interviewed 100 top real estate agents around the country, put all their information in a book. It's called The Next Wave of Influence in Real Estate. And I did that because when I was early on in my career, I had the chance to be part of some really cool and really special groups that my coach, Mike Ferry, put together where we would all get together somewhere around the country and mastermind together. And so this was kind of my way of like, I didn't want to actually do the physical masterminds, but it was a way to kind of get that information to new agents and realtors. Like when I got started, there was none of the, you couldn't get any of the training, the real estate books, the YouTube, all the things that are out there now, podcasts and everything else. And so I really had to struggle to learn the system. I had to pay a lot of money and did a lot of things that uh, frankly made no sense. But so it's kind of one of my ways to give back. And so part of like the coaching training, I just really enjoy doing it. Um, but you know, I've had some really cool opportunities. And so as a real estate agent, uh, that's gone through all that, I love to give back. And my mentors would always say for every, you know, person you reach up to, to get help, you need to reach down and pull up somebody else. And so it's one of the reasons why I've always wanted to give back and do those things. And, um, it's just kind of fits that life's purpose and fits that motto. And so, you know, as I keep going and try to do big things and try to do, you know, really special things. Um, hopefully I'm inspiring other people to do the same. That's kind of what I want out of all this. And, you know, as you do that, you keep every time you give and you share love or you, you know, help somebody else. Um, I always tell people the system I've set up for real estate is all based around giving and, and just helping your friends being the guy that they go to. And if nothing else, it creates a really cool life and you actually get paid a lot of money to do it as a real estate agent because people, um, you you know, form this raving fan base. So that's kind of where my life has gone with everything that I'm doing. It fires me up, man. I mean, really, it's, it's just, it's clear to see and I'm hearing you and, you know, I've watched your content, like you have a lot of love in your heart. And yeah, uh, I've always said like, you know, is, is I've got my issues for sure. And I've got plenty of them, but I've thankfully I was born with a giant heart and, um, and you know, and I just feel like I, I have like, you owe it to society to like, to be great at whatever you're going to do. Like, I just think that people, too many people live in fear, too many people are like play down in life. And so I really try to inspire people to show them like, Hey, you can do some really special things if you're willing to put yourself out there. And you know, this whole coronavirus has really exposed to me how many people live in fear. And it's been crazy for me to see, but it's kind of been eye-opening too. And it's like part of my new mission is to help people not live in fear because when you're coming from fear, it's a very negative emotion. It's a very low frequency emotion. You're going to attract other people living in fear and you're going to, you know, you kind of spiral yourself. You start thinking that you're a victim of all these different things. And it's like Tony Robbins always says, like anytime you're playing a victim in any way, um, you probably are right but it doesn't serve you. And so part of what I'm trying to do, you know, is help people um, as I grow out of those fears, uh, help other people to do the same. Amen, man. Um, I love all of that. It makes me, so it reminds me of another question I had for you. I, I want to know a little bit about your philosophy around goal setting. You know, a lot of these targets that you've been able to hit, uh, these achievements that you've accomplished, I'm curious to know, to what extent have a lot of these things, were they specific 
goals as opposed to, you know, somewhere maybe the focus was more on just, you know, the effort and the why factor and then, and then, oh, here's, here's what, you know, the specific goal was. I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about goal setting, the way you view it. Yeah. So the thing about like one of the most common things that I'll do when I start coaching somebody is I ask them of one question. This was a question that changed my life. And the question is, if everything were to go right in your life for the next five years, what would your life look like? Because most people can't answer that question. And so if you can't answer that question, then you're not going to be able to design a life. It's just going to be whatever comes to you is what's going to happen. Yeah. And so I've always said like, okay, if everything goes right, here's what I want to happen. And I've put some things out there that are insane. And I'm like, I remember my, I had a five-year goal. I said about three years ago, I had 10 five-year goals and I, I keep it on my office wall. And I looked at it the other day and like, I'm almost there. And when I wrote that, it was so out there. It was so extreme. It was so um, almost unrealistic that it scared the crap out of me. Your goals should scare you. But I said, you know, what? and you just start putting that energy out there to the universe. And I can't tell you the things that have happened in my life that have come from that. Because, and what happens is if you're not intentional about it, you just kind of go through the days. You don't, but when you have like certain things, you're like, okay, if my goal is to own a hundred real estate properties, then you're going to do things that kind of help you learn how to do that. You're going to have, you get around the people that'll help you do that. You'll have things that'll happen to help you gain the income to do that. Um, you know, whatever that might be, if your goal is to have like a special relationship or to meet certain people and all these different things that can happen, then you look for opportunities and, you know, I've never been afraid to take risks and things like that, but you put yourself out there and all of a sudden you start to bring all these things about and it's really special. Um, so I just think, you know, the importance of goals is you're letting the universe know this is what I want to do. And when you do that, um, it just starts to uh, conspire in your favor. Like things will happen. The craziest things will happen. I put some things on that list. I'm telling you that were insane. Next thing I know, you know, like an opportunity comes. So I invested in my buddy's company. It's called Nikola Motors, right? And yeah. it, um, I was one of the seed round investors in that company. And when I invested five years ago, like I was hoping it would work. I like, I had faith in my friend. That's why I gave him my life savings. I literally sold a couple of real estate properties, gave him a half a million dollars to be a large portion of that seed round. And the company now is valued at over $10 billion. Like the, the stock has gone insane. And but I knew how big my goals were and I had to take a risk like that if I wanted to reach those things. And I kind of just trusted that the world would give me the answer, that the universe would let me know where to put that. And it did. And there's things that'll come out of that now that like, I'm going to have to make a bigger list. Like I'm doing it already. I'm always doing it. But my point is, is like that would never happen if I was just content being a realtor, making good money, really good money, but like not going to be generational changing money. I can't change the world with what I was doing. And so I knew yeah. I had to take risks. I had to take chances. And then, you know, like they worked out. And so I don't know, it's just for me, I think the goals push us to make uncomfortable decisions that we otherwise wouldn't make. It's very easy to just play safe. It's very easy to just kind of, uh, you know, live a comfortable life. And for a lot of people, that's all they want. That's fine. But if you aspire for more, you've got to put it out there and you've got to take risks. You got to take chances you got to pony up sometimes and make like, I can't tell you the number of times I've made myself uncomfortable either with a donation or something I purchased or an investment or just a person I went to go meet or like, you know, and, but every time you do that, you grow and you, you gain um, a new level of confidence that allows you to get to that next level. So, so much of it is about self image, right? If, if you start to believe you're the type of person. Well, you know, there's a couple sayings that I love and one of them is, 
Uh, most people are about as happy as they choose to be. That's an Abraham Lincoln quote. Um, another one is, is most of us uh, have the life that we uh, believe we deserve. Um, because yeah, I mean, if you really truly don't think you deserve more, like it's gonna be at your core, not like what you say. But if you think you deserve more, you think you're great, or you think that you, know, you have this specialness about you, which everyone does, um, when you truly harness that or tap into that, you start to expect good things to happen to you. And then that's when it really does. So here's a question about that. Like it's everywhere now, man. Like it seems it's so you listen to guys like you, you listen, but the books that are, you know, the best sellers in the space of self-development, positive psychology, like Tony Robbins has been talking about it for years and years, you know, on a really general sense, it kind of, a lot of people reference, you know, the secret, you know, the first time it was like, you know, psycho-cybernetics back to Maxwell Maltz. I mean, this idea of, you know, you conceive of an idea and you believe it and you achieve it. There is attraction at play. There is self-image shaping at play. And you have all these examples of incredible, you know, world-changing people telling you like, dude, this stuff actually, it's, it's real. Like it's a principle of creation. I'm telling you, I did this. I focused. I believed it. What, what's the, what is the reason that, that more of us, don't actually buy into this and, and really set, you know, these targets or these sites that are, you know, relative um, to what's going on, very out there and really buy into this principle that, that you're like, Hey, this works. Yeah. I think so. The way that it, to me, the way the universe works is, you know, everything has energy to it. Thoughts have energy. Everything like this chair is full of energy and atoms that came from other parts of energy. And I could technically eat this wood desk and then it would become part of me and then it would be energy somewhere. Else. I mean, everything has its own energy. my point is, is so thoughts have energy too. And um, the more you dump in positive things, the more you learn, the more that you dump in information and thoughts and, and curiosity and all these things, the more downloads that universe is going to give you coming out of that. And so I think for a lot of people, it's just, they've never actually put it to the test. So as you put it to the test with little things, you start to see that it works and then you go, okay, well, I'm going to do this with bigger things. And it's, again, the energy is there, like, but it's your job to harness it. You have to do the work. And that's the hard part is like the problem with the secret is it doesn't talk about doing the work. Right. The work is where you get the information. That's where you get the downloads. Um, like everybody that's had a good idea, like where did that come from? Well, it came from somewhere. The universe downloaded at some point into you um, through thoughts and things and just experience and everything else. And so I think like for me, I'll give you one example. When I was like 21, like when I was in high school, Chris Farley, he's my favorite comedian of all time. He died, passed away. And me and my friends would get together every year. We'd just watch all of his videos and have a Chris Farley film festival to celebrate his life on the day that he died. And, uh, you know, one day I was like 21 or 22. I was sitting on my couch. I just Googled Chris Farley, like, and I found the Chris Farley foundation that his brother had started, his brother, Tom. And so I just reach out to him and he, next thing you know, he's like, Hey, I'm like, Hey, we're the Chris Farley fan club. I don't know if you knew that. And he's like, no, that's awesome. And like six months later, he got a star on Hollywood and he invited us as the fan club to go. There's only like 60 people, this private party. It was like, people wow. from Mount, and, you know, David Spade, Adam Sandler, Chris Farley, or, or Chris Rock, um, Tom Arnold, Gary Busey, the people that he worked with. And then all of a sudden it's us. I mean, my buddies, and I'm like, we just made that happen. It was like so funny. And I kind of was like, wow, like what else could I, I remember? Like very, that was like a pivotal moment in my life. Cause I was like, that was one of the coolest things ever. Like I made that happen just by taking some action. I'm like, what else could I make happen? Hmm. And so I started realizing like, I'm going to put myself out there. And so every time I want to do something, 
um, I truly like will map it out. I'm like, all right, why do I want to do this? What am I committed to doing to make this happen? And then I just kind of start doing it, you know? And, and so as you do those things and you put stuff into motion, um, again, you just kind of see it over and over again, like stuff just happens and it starts working for you. And, and you kind of realize like there's a formula to all this. So what I'm hearing is to someone that maybe has never experienced the result of, you know, of applying the principle that we're talking about here, the key is apply it to something, even something that you consider small and let the evidence of, you know, that thing really come into fruition to just, it, it builds. And then you're willing to go, okay, let, let's, I'm actually going to play a little bigger here. Let's see what I, you know, like, just like you said, well, what else could I bring in to my life? Yeah. Like so many people, you know, they're like in these, they don't, I, one of the questions I get asked probably more than anything is how do I get a group of friends like you guys have, like you guys have a true tribe and I'm like, go try, like, go just start making friends with these people. But like, you need to become the kind of person they want to be friends with. So do whatever that means. And then go start trying to make relationships. Like, but truly, like I've fought really hard for certain friendships that I have. Um, like I have one of my closest buddies, a player in the NFL and without getting his name, but like, he's one of my closest friends. The first couple times we met, he freaking hated me. Like he did not like me. And I just kept trying to provide value until finally I created huge value in his life. All of a sudden he was like, Hmm, I was wrong about this guy. And we became close friends to the point that, you know, he won a Super Bowl and I got to go out on the field with a family pass and celebrate with him once they won. Like wow. this is how, but that was not an easy relationship to get going. Like he did yeah. not like me. And I just, most people would have been like, Oh, screw that guy. And I was like, no, I want to get to know that guy. He inspires me. I think he's a really cool guy. And eventually we became, we became roommates and close friends and everything else. And so, you know, it's not as simple as like, I just want to be friends with like great people. Like, you have to provide that value, like find ways to give, give, give. Like there's some really good examples of people that do this. And the more you do that, you won't even have to worry about it. You'll just attract those people into your life. Yeah. Um, there's one of our, one of our closest buddies, a guy by the name of Jeremy Neves. He's a good friend of ours. And in our group of friends, he, he never had really great friends. They'd always been kind of takers. And when he came to me, he came from such a humble place. Like he referred me five real estate deals. He bought a place. Um, and then he would want to get involved with the OUR stuff. And so I told him what I did, you know, which was donate a large amount of money, um, pay for it not basically, and take this training. He did everything I asked him to do. And I just liked the guy. He's just kind of a dope guy. And I was like, well, and I introduced him to our group of friends. And every single guy immediately like jived with him and became like he's such a close friend of ours now. And he can't, he, he like for the longest time, he didn't, he was like, I can't believe like you guys are letting me hang out. Like he, he didn't feel like he fit in. We're like, what is wrong with you? You're like the coolest dude, dude. Like, why are you? And it was like, it was so natural that he, we wanted to be a part of him because of who he was. Um, and then he put himself in that position by really doing a lot of cool things. And now he's one of our closest, we're all going to Moab this next week. And you know, we were just an hour ago texting each other pictures of, you know, the different razors and stuff. He's like one of our closest friends. And I love that. But, he just did the things like that people would want to be around him. Like he, of course he's our friend. Like, of course he's part of the group now. And so I think, you know, a lot of what people miss is like just putting that effort in. Like you have the kind of friends you probably deserve. Like, I believe that. Like you usually mm -hmm. attract equals. So if you have a bunch of friends that are liars or they're takers or whatever that might be, maybe a chance to look at yourself and go, why do I have these friends or what's my flaw? And you know, start to really pronounce those things that those qualities that you ad admire in others in yourself and you'll attract those same people to you. Wow, man. Okay. 
This is, this is so good. Thank you again for this. I, so uh, one question I have is you travel a ton, right? I understand. Uh, I read something 60 countries in 2019. Uh, no, I've been, I went to like 25 countries in 2019, but I've been to 68 countries been to 68 in the countries. last like four years now. Um, yeah, I just booked. So June 4th. That's the, aggressive. That is aggressive. I just love it. You learn so much when you travel and there's just, I'm, so I took a test one time. It's what's your number one motivation and mine is curiosity. And so mm. I just want to see it all. I want to know it all. Um, so like, for example, this quarantine has been kind of a pain in the ass because I haven't been able to go anywhere, but June 1st, the Florida Keys are opening up and it's actually my girlfriend's birthday. And so we're flying into Miami. We're going to go do the Florida Keys. But then June 4th, Antigua is the first country opening to t- tourists. There's a flight from Miami at eight o'clock and I'm on that flight. We're on that flight going to Antigua. We're going to go wow. check it out. I just love it, man. You just, you know, I, the world is so, to me, the coolest thing about living in 2020 is the amount of things we're able to go see and, and visit and the part of the world we're able to, to really get to know because I mean the wealthiest person to ever live a hundred years ago would have never had opportunities like I have had to visit the world. Like I have been able to live just by a hundred years as the most wealthy person in the history of mankind, just because of the world we live in in 2020. So we're either yep. taking advantage of that or we're not, but everyone has these opportunities you know, to go and travel and see the world. And so, yeah, I've, I, my goal is to get to a hundred countries by my 40th birthday. I'm still planning on making that happen. Um, so, and then eventually I want to go to every country. How far away is that? Uh, about a year and a half. So got to get after it, but. Dang. Yeah. Okay. So one question is like of seeing all these countries, different cultures, civilizations, what's one of the biggest takeaways that's influenced the way you live? Uh, something that you, you walked away with a, a takeaway. Yeah, I'll give you a good one. So I went to Egypt with a buddy of mine, um, a guy by the name of Hasem, and he grew up in Egypt, moved here when he was like 19 years old, and he hadn't been back in like 15 years, and his family's there, the Muslim family, and growing up, I'd always been afraid of, of Muslim people, um, you know, the Islamic religion and everything else, and with you know, reasons for that, for sure. Um, and uh, we go to Egypt, we went and saw the pyramids, we went, you know, and saw all these amazing things. And then we went and we met up with his family and we had this dinner one night. And I met his mom, I met his nieces and nephews, I met his, uh, his all of his family, there's probably about 20, 25 of them. And they were the most beautiful, kind, loving people I've ever met. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, all these fears I had and all these things, like, you know, Brene Brown talks about this. I love her work because she talks about something. She says, anything that we fear, if we lean into, we usually will, anybody that we fear will be able to love if we actually knew their story, if you lean into the uncomfortability. And so one of my sayings always to people is lean into the uncomfortability. So, you know, I went to Israel um, a couple of years ago. I went by myself actually, because I was meeting up with friends later, but I went and I hired this guide, this Jewish guy, and we ended up going to the synagogue and like do their little celebrations and their little um, sacred ceremonies and things like that. And it was so cool. It was so beautiful. And all of these things, like growing up, you have your ideas. I grew up in a very religious, you know, household, but it was like a very much uh, we're the true church and the rest are got their issues kind of church. Sure. And, and for me, it was so beautiful to go and see these other religions and see people practicing their faith. Like those Jewish people, they were so much more faithful than anyone I ever saw in my own religion mm-hmm. growing up. And like the things they believe, like they truly are all in on it. And so like, again, it's just, you kind of have this new love for all types of humanity, for all people. And you realize like, as you get to know other people, you no longer fear them, but you can celebrate the differences as opposed to being afraid of what you don't know. 
Wow. Yeah. So exactly what you're saying is something that I think a lot about as a dad, you know, I've got four kids, three boys. Wow. And, uh, yeah, just the, you know, I guess what's, what's the term when you're around so many people that are just like you, it's like uh, homogenous. Yeah. You're culturally you're... homogenous. Yeah. Yeah. So I want, I want what you're talking about as an experience for my kids and just to, to see, you know, see the world, man. Yeah. And, and I've seen uh, that, you know, I've seen that in Haiti. I've seen that in South America. I've seen that in Africa. Like the African people were the kindest people. Like my whole life I was like, Oh, if I ever had to be in Africa, I'd be so screwed. Like they speak English and they're so kind and they're just like so humble. And I was just like, this is not what I expected Africans to be like. And you just, but like, as you get to know them all, um, it's really beautiful, man. It's really cool. Wow. Um, you've been doing your podcast for a while. Yeah. yeah. About three, three years now. Yeah. And you've interviewed some really, really cool people. So I have two questions. What's one of your favorite episodes you've ever done interviews? And then uh, who's someone that you would love to interview? Uh, yeah, when I started my podcast, I had a list of like my 25. It's like my dream list. Uh-huh. Um, and I've only interviewed one person from that list so far, which was kind of cool, which was Dean Graziosi um, in my space, real estate coaching. He's kind of one of the biggest guys. Yeah. I had the opportunity to get to know Dean pretty well. And he came on the podcast. Um, you know, I, the guy. Yeah, he is. Um, you know, I've, uh, if I could interview anybody, I mean, there's so many amazing people that I'd love to, to sit down with and interview. And there's a couple that I've actually got to know that are on that list, Tim Ferriss and Tony Robbins, who are two of the people I've really modeled a lot of what I do after. Um, I've gotten to know them both pretty well. Tim Ferriss's girlfriend is a close friend of mine. We spent New Year's together with a small group one, uh, two years ago. And, uh, you know, and so the opportunity hasn't felt right. I haven't felt like I could create enough value for them yet to have them on my podcast. And that's a big part of like why I do what I do. But, you know, I've had so many amazing guests on and, and it has been really cool. But like, to be honest, the ones that have been the coolest to me are people that their stories need to be told and nobody would ever probably know them. Like I just mm-hmm. interviewed a guy named Yvonne Castro. And this guy's a purple heart winner in the, um, he was in the military. He got blown up. His two buddies next to him got killed. He got, he's had over 25, 30 surgeries to try to fix everything. He went blind. Uh, but this dude is living life at such a high level. He's a green beret. Um, he stayed in special forces as a blind guy. The only one to ever do that. And I got to interview him and get his story on my podcast. And you know, like that guy to me is an American hero. And, um, so you just get, and there's so many guests like that. Like most people think, you know, who would be the biggest guest you've had? And there's been some huge names like Hall of Famers and billionaires and, you know, some of the top influencers in the world. And they're all awesome too. But I love telling those stories of people that maybe got forgotten. You know, there's a, another one I interviewed. He's the founder of a company called Squatty Potty. His name's Bobby Edwards. And, you know, when he, he grew up in Utah and it's a, again, there was a lot of stigmas around gay people and things like that when he was growing up. And he was forced to leave his house in high school because he came out as gay. His mom found out and found a letter from a guy that, you know, a love letter. And he ended up homeless, like in LA, like shooting heroin and doing terrible things just to survive. And long story short, he ends up kind of like finally being able to accept his, who he was. And he came back and made peace with his mom. And then they started this company, Squatty Potty, and sold it for tens of millions of dollars. And the guy's story, he's married now. Um, his husband um, was married to a woman for like 20 years and they have this really cool relationship where they literally will go with his old family and his husband's and he'll go with them to church, but they are able to have this like connection. And I believe like an episode like that helps break down so many of these walls that other people have, especially in a religious community. 
And so to be able to share his story, to be able to get that out there and to be able to kind of maybe really change somebody's life so they don't have to go through what he felt, like that pain and that, like those stories to get out there on my podcast where I know I've got, you know, over 10,000 listeners per episode, um, people are listening to that and it's going to change lives and save people. And um, so those are the ones to me that honestly are like, are the coolest, but they're all pretty cool. I mean, I've got a couple of guys I've had on the podcast whose posters I had on my wall as a kid and that's kind of fun. Right. And so just that's things fun. like that, that are just kind of fun. You're attracting them into, into the, you know, into your, into your circle where you have the opportunity to ask them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what makes it really fun. Like the, the you know, the Utah governor race, there's four main candidates and I've never really cared much about politics, but I've been able to interview three of them on my podcast and, you know, three of the four of my own state, the fourth one, I don't like the guy, I wouldn't have him on, but, um, but that's kind of cool to be able to, to like be that involved and make a difference in who becomes the governor of Utah. Like it might actually swing enough votes. I guarantee between the three interviews, I'll probably swung a couple hundred votes somewhere and I don't know how that all shakes out, but it's kind of cool to like be a part of that experience and all that, you know? Yeah. To be having an influence. Um, okay. So here, here's one and uh, I'm going to be respectful of your time here. And so I'm being choosy. Um, talk to me about a, a high performance habit of yours, Jimmy, something that, uh, that if, if, you know, you get so much done, you get the things you want to get done, done. What's a, what's a habit? You know, I'll give you one that, um, one that maybe a lot of people wouldn't probably think of, but I call or text at least 10 of my friends every day and tell them I love them like in one way or another, like I'm, we're always doing that. Like I literally this morning, my buddy Woody, you know, it's, he, we're just texting each other back and forth about how much we love each other. And, um, if, you know, I got in a really bad accident like two weeks ago and I almost died. And if I had, there would have been literally hundreds of people like, damn, man, at least I got to say I love him recently, you know, because there's that many of those. And I truly do love my friends and my family and the people around me. And so um, I'm not afraid to share that. I really want people to know that I care about them. And, you know, I'll spend that time. Again, that's one of the reasons why I'm so glad I'm a real estate agent. Like yesterday, I had a buddy that I could tell he just needed some buddy time. I ended up spending two hours at lunch with him. And I didn't have this weird, it was middle of my day, like I could have been doing some work stuff, but I was like, no, this is exactly where I should be. This is a buddy that just needed some FaceTime and sat there and, you know, talked for a couple hours. And, and I, I'm able to do stuff like that almost every day. But really those, just putting myself out there, letting people in my life know that I care about them, that I love them. And, um, you know, I had a buddy that moved to Hawaii, I don't know, five, six months ago. And I just text him every now and then, let him know I love him and think about it. And, you know, I sent him one, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. And he was like, dude, since I moved out here, you're the only guy of our buddies that friggin' checks up on me. I friggin' love you, man. Just know, like, brother for life, you ever need anything. Um, you know, it's funny because I'll have people do it for me now, too. Like, I had yesterday, Haloti Nada, who is an NFL Hall of Famer. I ended up meeting him when I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. We shared a tent last year. And he called me yesterday, and I was like, anytime he calls, I want to take it. He's such a cool guy. He's literally the most humble, nice human I've ever met. He was, at one point, the highest paid player in the NFL. And this guy, like acts like he's the neighbor that you should be like, he should be sucking up to you. He's just like the nicest human. And he's like, bro, I was just calling to see how you are, man. I just want to say hi. And we ended up talking for a few minutes. He's like, love you, bro. And I'm just like, this is so cool. Like you attract people like Haloti into your life by being that same friend. And like, it was so sincere. And I truly love that man. And it's like, I met him a year and a half ago, but we've become close friends. You know, he's up in Jackson Hole with his family and we were just chatting, we we're just talking. And um, anyway, it was just, Stuff like that is what mm. makes life like really special, I think. 
And so I just challenge people, you know, pick four or five people every day, send a text or make a phone call, let them know you love them. And don't be afraid to say it. Like it's, it sounds awkward at first. It's like, man, I love you, dude. Like, I really love you, man. Like, yeah. but I let people know. And then, you know, it's, um, it creates a special bond that we end up having. So what I'm hearing is, you know, it's, it's a habit. It's really a way of being that you broadcast, you express love frequently and sincerely and yeah. just it's a daily thing yeah like you know i even say my entire real estate system like when i teach it to other people i say this is not a system as much as it is a way of being like you truly you're going to come from this place of service and everything that you do and just watch what happens as people you know you, you can't put an roi on it but it's a hell of a fun way to live and you end up getting yeah. a huge results do you have marco polo uh i do i don't use it much though dude for me, that's been a game changer in, in doing a little bit of what you're talking about, reaching out to people, kind of the spontaneous, like just, you know, because when you import it, it's a genius app, man. I'm telling you, like there are relationships that have been resurrected for me or begun because of Marco Polo. Like I wouldn't really call them, wouldn't text them, but it's like, you know, a video walkie talkie. They can watch it whenever they want. So you're not interrupting them, but it'll import all your contacts. You'd be surprised who has it. And so it's a fun thing, like to kind of scroll through and just pick a name, like, oh, dude, this this is someone that would not expect to see my face today. And you're able to just kind of bring a little light into their world. So, That's cool. um, but I'm going to remember, you know, everything that you, that you just said. So, um, Jimmy, dude, thank you so much, man. Um, last question. If I, if I can ask you one more, uh, I'm fascinated with leadership. You know, if there's a subject that I had to say, like one subject that, um, lights my brain on fire is I'm fascinated with leaders and uh, like, what are the factors at play when someone becomes a persuasive, powerful leader, you know, and leads people, uh, creates a movement, you know, and I'm interested in, in self-leadership, being a leader to oneself, being able to, you know, break free of, you know, habits that don't serve them or, or thoughts that don't serve them. We've talked about that a little bit. Um, if you could just share with me, what, how would you define leadership and maybe who's someone in your life or someone that you've read about that is a, kind of the example of the, the quintessential leader? Yeah, I think, um, I think the best leaders, it's the difference between being a leader and like being great or trying to be great is like a great leader. Instead of saying, look how great I am, he helps you see, look how great you are. That's the biggest difference to me where I get in trouble is when I get that mixed up. I try to never, you know, do that, but that is like a key, key element. And, um, you know, um, I share a story on my podcast. If you go to the episode with Kyle Van Noy, when he met coach Belichick for the first time, probably the greatest NFL coach ever. But he, uh, you know, he says that he was kind of nervous. He didn't know where he fit in on the team and Belichick was just swirling his little whistle and, uh, walks by Kyle. And all he said to him was his first day of practice. He got traded mid season. He says, he just looks at me, he goes, I always get my guys. And then he keeps walking. And Kyle's like, I knew I was there. I knew I belonged. I knew I was wanted. I would have broke through a wall for him at that point. And that's all. That's a true great example of leadership. I love to share that one. But um, to me, you know, the best leaders, again, are people that inspire you to want to be your best. And one of the things I think where people make mistakes, you said I'm a leader to myself, is I give myself a lot of grace. Like I used to, in my 20s, I used to shame myself a lot, beat myself up a lot because of that religious background. I just am very easy on myself. Like I'm easy on myself because I know I'm already being hard on myself. And so I give myself a lot of grace. Like I screw up a lot of stuff all the time. And I'm just like, I find the humor in me trying to be a better version of myself. My friends always say that too. They're like, dude, one thing about Jimmy is like, nope, 
he'll kind of lose it every now and then or he'll do something stupid every now and then, but he's very good at trying to fix it when he does. Yeah. I just think that's so important to give yourself that grace that you would give to others. So one thing I tell anybody is if you want to be a great leader for yourself is to quit being so damn hard on yourself. Like give yourself a lot of grace, like have huge goals, have a huge vision, and then just realize that you're going to, you know, the path to success does not go like this. It's, it's not a direct line. It goes up and down all the time. And then eventually you, you're upping that frequency as you go. So I think that's one thing I would tell anybody that wants to be a great leader is give yourself a lot of grace. We, we could probably have a whole conversation around, uh, around that. And, uh, Dr. Brene Brown, like did she, some of her stuff like has, I mean, been a total paradigm shift for me. Like she, the way she articulates some of these things, especially around like shame, you know, I think yeah. it's a sad deal. I mean, you know, good people, like, like not intentionally, right. There's just this misunderstanding of like progression and change that sometimes gets confused for, uh, you know, it's a, it's a Harry Potter reference. You ever seen the Harry Potter movies? No. Okay. Well, there's this elf named Dobby. Okay. Bear with me. But like when he does something wrong, he like smashes his head against the bedpost and just says like, bad Dobby, bad Dobby, you know? And he thinks that that's what it looks like to, you know, to pivot or to change like this, the shame thing, right. Where, you know, what you're talking about is, you know, your self-worth is never on the table for discussion. Like it's solid. You, you love yourself. And, and we can look at behaviors, right? And say, well, that behavior didn't serve me. So I'm gonna change the behavior, but, but like the person. Yeah. And just find the whole, just find the humor in it. You know, just be like, yeah. oh man, I really screwed that one up, but I'm going to go fix it, you know, as best I can. Yeah. Well, Hey, I've been enlightened, Jimmy, seriously, man. Um, and I just want to thank you for being successful. Thank you for being successful. Uh, you create opportunity for so many others, including myself by being successful and by, you know, not being apologetic about just being a light, man. So well, I appreciate thank it, man. You. Keep, doing, keep doing cool things, man. It's fun. And it's honestly, it's, you know, it's 15 years of grind and all of a sudden everything just starts to click and it's been really fun to kind of be able to see that in my own life. And I love watching it another. So keep, keep doing it, man. Keep doing awesome stuff. Well, let, let's, uh, let's change the world, man. Let's, let's continue to try to make the world a better place. Um, Sounds awesome, my man. So, Hey, have an amazing uh, Memorial Day weekend, brother. Will do. Take care, my man. Okay. Thanks for doing this. See ya. Oh, 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 oh,